I hear the knocks in the locker room, and it sounds like it's time for another episode of the Rutgers Scout Cast. Episode number 38, the Joe Martinek special, here on the internet, on iTunes, on ScarletReport.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I am your host, as you know, Sam Hellman, the publisher over at Scarlet Report. And I'll tell you what, I, I couldn't wait to sit down and record the podcast this week because it was one more thing I could check off my list of things to do before I can celebrate the holiday. That's right, today's holiday, the return of Gilmore Girls. But seriously, uh, I'm really excited for this episode. Holidays are no reason to take a week off, so we're going to have another episode for you today to listen to in your trip to fan comas or for the brave souls that are driving down to College Park like I am on Friday, Saturday for the end of the Rutgers football season. Give you a little something to listen to here, a little something to talk about. And that was my intention when I booked the guest for this week. His name is Bill Green. The hardcore fans know who he is and have seen him cover recruits. He covers Ohio and does a lot of stuff with our Ohio State site now that Chris Ash is in the program, and now that Rutgers is recruiting that area more, we've heard a lot more from Bill, and and it's been great. Bill is one of my favorite people in the company where I work. He's got a very different perspective on things, and his perspective on Chris Ash is very different from what you've heard, from what you've read, and from what you've been forced to click through on slideshows. So Bill Green is my guest in the body of the show. Bill has known Chris Ash for a long time. He's known him before Rutgers, and the reason that I asked Bill to come on is based on something that he wrote a few weeks ago in saying, uh, I think Rutgers was 2-7 and at the time, saying he still believes that Chris Ash is the right choice for Rutgers and that Chris Ash is going to get things done. And so does Bill still think that way? Now, you know, two more losses, two more shutouts. We're going to find out in talking to Bill in just a minute. I also talked to Bill Green about his experiences covering recruiting in Ohio for a long time. He's seen a lot of coaches come and go. And I get the latest from him on defensive line target, Brendan Bordner. Bordner visited and stayed for the entire Penn State game, and we'll see. He's scheduled to come back for an official visit. As always, we'll see if those happen. After we hear from Bill, we're jumping into another Q&A segment before we close out the show. I don't know exactly how long this one will be, but... We'll see where the questions take us in the body of the show. As I record this open, I am hiding in the rack somewhere quiet because it's been a big basketball week. Practices, three games this week, if you include Sunday as part of this week, three games that mean a lot for Rutgers basketball. Now, is Rutgers a top 25 team like is being voted on? No, probably not, but it's exciting for the first time in a while, and I think that you're crazy if you don't come out for a game while the tickets are so cheap to see this team grow, because I tell you what, tickets aren't going to be this cheap for a long, and that building's going to start getting full sooner rather than later. A couple quick thoughts on basketball before we jump into Bill Green. The Sunday game against Niagara, Corey Sanders getting ejected, that's whatever to me, it, it happens he's going to learn from it and you know what last year Corey Sanders gets ejected they lose by 30 this year he gets ejected and Nigel Johnson and Mike Williams pick it up great job 
now that I've seen maybe 10 Rutgers basketball practices under the new regime, the thing that stands out to me the most is the emphasis on defense. It's Steve Peichel's program, and he's the one that's talking about defense and rebounding, but assistant coach Jay Young, who came with Steve Peichel from Stony Brook, man, he, he is intense when he coaches defense. He forces you to pay attention. He, he knows what he's talking about, and I think that that's the biggest area of improvement. You look at the rebounding margin where Rutgers is fifth in the NCAA going into the North Texas game. They'll be a top 10 rebounding margin team coming out of this weekend, but these are not good teams. So what I look at is I look at the defense, which is a lot better. They're still going to have to get ready for guys like Mello Trimble or teams like Wisconsin and Michigan State, but it's positive. And speaking of positive, it's time to jump into the conversation with Bill Green, scout, recruiting analyst, scout, a lot of things. He's been around for a long time, and I appreciated his take on Chris Ash. Okay, welcome back to the Rutgers ScoutCast. Excited this week to be joined by Bill Green. Rutgers fans know him as our Ohio expert, a guy that's known Chris Ash for a while. Bill, welcome to the show. Good to be here, Sam. You, uh, much more exciting times in Ohio and the Columbus area right now than Piscataway, but have you been able to follow much of what Chris Ash is doing this season? You've obviously known him from your time covering Ohio State. Yeah, I have. Um, you know, and I've seen some of the, the close losses that, my gosh, they're right there and you, you need to play and you're going to beat Minnesota or, uh, you know, the Iowa game could have been a win. I mean, there's others. I mean, and then I've seen the, the beat downs too. And it's sad for me. I mean, I, you know, I, I think the world of Chris, um, Vinso Cruz, a guy I met, man, 10 years ago. These are quality people and they're darn good coaches. You know, these are guys that Urban Urban Meyer wants on his staff. And Urban, you know, he only wants the best. And, of course, uh, Ross Douglas was a a kid that I've known since, uh, my gosh, since he was probably in the ninth grade. I know his father very well. Um, So, you know, um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm the biggest Rutgers fan in the world, but (laughs) those are quality people, and I I want them to do well. And, you know, like I said, it's been tough. To see, I don't know what's harder, you know, watching them get, you know, beat badly or those close losses that, my gosh, you're one play away from winning a pretty darn good game. It's funny that you mentioned Ross Douglas. This is a kid that, you know, running back, corner, safety, but Rutgers is in so much trouble depth-wise that they've been practicing him as their backup strong side linebacker. Did you ever see that one coming? I did not. I have to be honest with you. <laughs> At Michigan, he was a running back one year, a receiver one year, and a corner one year. So linebacker's good. Now, Ross wants to be a coach one day. That is his ultimate goal. He knows he's not an NFL player. So this is great training for him, you know. And, you know, when Ross actually, you know, got permission to leave Michigan and as a grad transfer, um, you know, a lot of things were discussed about where he would go. Um, and his goal was ultimately to put himself in a position. He'd already been under Harbaugh, learned a lot from Coach Harbaugh, likes Coach Harbaugh a lot. He wanted to go somewhere where he could play, but, you know, the, the second part of that was somewhere where he could learn from somebody who he felt, you know, was a big-time coach. And that played a lot into his decision to come to Rutgers was how much the family did respect Chris 
from when you know Chris recruited Ross out of high school at Wisconsin, and um, you know they really liked Chris at that point in time. So that played a big part in this too. Is Ross Douglas wants to be a football coach someday. So you know he felt Chris would be good for him as much as Harbaugh was. Sure. I uh, I look at the way that Rutgers is struggling right now, and I, I covered the coaching search from a Rutgers perspective. You obviously covered the coaching search from a Chris Ash, Chris Ash perspective with him also looking at some other schools uh, having some options. Now, I, I think Chris Ash's biggest struggle so far has just been underestimating what Rutgers and what New Jersey is about and kind of adjusting to the – administration and the problems that can happen at this school. But I think that as a football coach, he he clearly gets it, and he has players working hard and staying out of trouble. What what do you see from your perspective? Obviously, you're looking more from an outsider, not being at Rutgers every day, but you've known him a lot longer than I have. Yeah, like I say, the things that I look at, and maybe it's because I'm older, I've been doing this for so long, and and most of these coaches, I'm older than they are. So, you know, it's not like I'm looking to get an autograph or take a picture with him. I know these guys. Um, With Chris, what I'm looking for is effort every week, and and I think they have gotten that. I think these kids play hard. I think it looks like they want want to do well. You know, I'm watching early in that Penn State game last week. They're playing hard, playing aggressive, and, you know, giving the effort. They just don't have enough players. So that's the first thing I'm looking at is, are they playing hard? You know, I live in Ohio, and it's not all Ohio State around here. we got the Cleveland Browns uh, have not won a game yet. And as usual, they're ready to fire Hugh Jackson. But I look at the Browns the same way. They play hard every week. They battled the Steelers tooth and nail last week. They don't have Ben Roethlisberger. They don't have Le'Veon Bell. They don't have Antonio Brown. So they're out there bringing a squirt gun to a, to a gunfight. But I think Hugh Jackson is a good coach. So it's not always about wins and losses. So first, I'm looking at effort. I think the Rutgers kids are giving that. Secondly is I really like, and maybe it's kind of a twisted mind of mine, I like watching the press conferences after losses. I don't need to watch Urban Meyer's press conference after he beats Maryland 62-3. to No reason to watch that. I want to watch Urban Meyer's press conference when he loses to Penn State. And I've watched Chris's press conferences this year, and I can see the frustration on his face, but he hasn't. He always conducts himself in a way that I think people respect. And I think, you know, that that means a lot to me, too. Is, you know, it's easy to be a good dude, you know, when you're 11-0 and 0 and heading to the playoffs. You know, I'm sure James Franklin's having a great time this year. And, but for Chris, I watch these press conferences. It's painful to watch, but he answers every question. He takes the shots. And, you know, I think he's he's done an admirable job under some horrible situations. Now, eventually, this is going to be about wins and losses. I don't think it's the, I don't think that's the point this year. I think he was brought in uh, kind of the way Charlie Strong was at Texas. Clean up the program first, and then we'll, we'll worry about wins and losses, bring in talent. Now, in year three, Chris may be at the point where Charlie is right now, where, hey, you're a great dude. You've done great things. Now we start looking at wins and losses. I, I don't think Rutgers is there now at all. No, I, I don't either, especially when you're comparing Texas and Rutgers. The only thing to compare there is the strength of schedule probably. But right, it, it, I, I, lo- I love your point about Chris Ash and the press conferences. I, I'm critical of him for a lot of 
things because, you know, that's my job. But one thing right. that – one thing I totally love about what Chris Ash – he's the same exact guy on camera now that he was the day he was hired. He, Aaron Henry, one of his assistants, likes to call him a robot because he's exactly the same every single day. And I think that that's what Rutgers needs is someone that's not going to get emotional or get right. upset because they're losing – or someone that's not going to pat himself on the back too hard because they got a four-star commit. I think Chris is exactly what you saw, the euphoria of the opening press conference on Big Ten Network and what you saw after he got thrilled by Michigan. This is Chris. You know what I mean? He is a solid, steady hand. And like I said, I'm a lot older than him. I'm a lot older than Chris is. And I've seen, oh, my gosh, so many coaches – Come, go, whatever. He just, from his time at Iowa State to Wisconsin to Arkansas to Ohio State to Rutgers, really hasn't changed much. I mean, he basically gives the same interviews right now at Rutgers that he gave at Ohio State after beating Alabama in the semifinal game. I mean, this is Chris. He's very genuine. I mean, there's nothing, no pretense with the guy. I mean, what you see is what you get, you know, so – where some of these guys are they're unbelievable salesmen and, um, you know, what you see on camera is absolutely not what you see, you know, Sunday morning on the golf course. But with Chris, this is who he is. So he's a very genuine guy, very down-to-earth, and I think recruits and families appreciate that. And, you know, hopefully this is going to translate, you know, to wins and losses on the field. I believe it will. He's in a, you know, probably in the toughest conference in America right now other than, you know, being in with Alabama. And I don't know, you could probably make the argument that as soon as Michigan State gets back to being Michigan State again, you know, good luck in this conference. Yeah. You know, so he, he knew what he was undertaking here. I just believe firmly in my heart he's the right guy for the job. Um, and, and But he's going to have to win at some point. And that's going to come about through recruiting. Got to upgrade the talent. And, uh, fans, you can follow Bill uh, at Bill Bank Green on Twitter. And one of the big reasons to follow Bill is because not only were you all over the Ross Douglas re-recruitment after he left, but you're all over what's going on right now with defensive lineman Brendan Bordner. Just visited Rutgers unofficially. He'll likely be back for his official in December. Where do things stand there? It seems like Rutgers is a an underdog but still in the fight. It, it's a... Uh... One of the strangest recruitments I've ever covered. I've never seen a final three of Navy, Rutgers, and West Virginia. They are very different, all three of them, different from the other two. Um, And Brendan is legitimately interested in all three. I mean, there's there's definitely things about Navy that he really loves. And, you know, he's been there twice in the past two, three weeks. Um, the key for me, a big key for me with Brendan was just how this recent visit to Rutgers was going to resonate with him in terms of, hey, are you willing to jump back and go there in two more weeks for your official? You were just there. You've probably seen everything you need to see. No, he's coming back for that official. And I think that says a lot. That tells me Rutgers is in this thing. Whereas with Navy, when I asked him, will you take an official to Navy? He said, only if I commit there before January, then I'll take an official there. Eh, that kind of, you know, maybe read between the lines there. But with Rutgers, you know, I, I believe with 100% he's coming back for that official in December, which is only a couple of weeks away. So, And I think Chris really, 
I think Chris and Brendan really had a chance to kind of build their relationship more this past weekend. And Brendan just raved about Chris, and I think his family did too. So I, I think West Virginia is probably mm-hmm. the favorite here. And, you know, you're talking about a team that's got one loss right now. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I would not count – I wouldn't count any of these three schools in or out in this recruitment because, like you say, these schools are diametrically opposed to each other in so many ways. And Brandon's a different kind of kid. So we'll see. What? But, you know, like I said, a telltale sign obviously would have been he comes out of the Rutgers unofficial this weekend and says, eh, I really don't need to be an official. I've seen all I need to see. That would kind of be a telltale sign had he canceled on the official. But he's coming back. Yeah, if I were a recruit or a recruit's parent and I watched that Penn State game in the stands and then the hail started and then all the fans left and then it turned into snow, I wouldn't be coming back in two weeks. So I think that says a lot about what Chris Ash and Shane Burnham and Vince O'Crew and the guys recruiting him have done. Um, Bill, I got one more question for you here. And, again, follow Bill at Bill Bank Green. Tell, tell everyone how you got into the business. It's not your average story like mine. Where oh, my went to college and got hired. Yeah. No, and, and nobody has that story. It's Scott that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> I actually was in this business prior to Scout or Rivals ever being formed. Um, I always just loved high school football, and I loved recruiting back, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s when there, you know, you couldn't get recruited. There was no Internet. So when the Internet came about, I actually was just going to games, and, and back then I was on AOL, and they had these college message boards. So I would go on the Ohio State message board and, just post, hey, I saw a little Jimmy run all up and down the field here. He looks like a good kid. I think Ohio State's going to recruit him. And I would do the same with the Illinois message board or the Minnesota message board if I saw a kid they were recruiting. Well, then, lo and behold, I would start getting calls at night. from call. I would get home from work, my day job, and there would be a, a message on my recorder that, hey, I'm so-and-so. I coach at Iowa. Can you tell me about this guy? Can you call me back tonight and tell me about this guy? And, you know, I just kind of went from there. And then when Scout, you know, came into existence, I was working for an independent site uh, just covering Ohio State. And, you know, Scout made me an offer to come work for them. And, um, man, that was back in 06. And uh, the rest is history. So we've seen this industry change and grow. And, um, you know, what a great career it's been for me. I'm very fortunate and I owe a lot to Scout. And thankfully, the uh, giving premium content away for free has changed since you joined Scout. And I think that those AOL message boards were accessible to everyone. Yep, they sure were. All right, Bill. Well, thank you for your perspective on this one. Uh, I really appreciate your time, and have a great Thanksgiving. All right, Sam. Thanks to you. Thanks to Bill Green again for joining me on the show this week. Make sure you shoot Bill a tweet thanking him for stopping by and keep an eye on the Scarlet Report premium forums where there are going to be a lot of knowledge bombs coming from Bill Green and our other analysts across the country as we get into official visit season. The live period starts Sunday. Chris Ash is going to be on the road right away, as will the majority of the coaching staff. They're hitting Florida. They're hitting New Jersey. They're hitting Maryland. All of those details come with the Scarlet Report premium membership. And if you don't have one already, contact me for an extended free trial. If you do have a membership already, then you know that you can 
get 10% off all tickets through our tickets tab on the Scarlet Report site. I've used it a bunch of times. I've probably saved a couple hundred dollars on tickets through this premium perk, if you will. I don't even buy a lot of tickets, but when I do, I always use this tab because why not? 10% off is great. And speaking of discounts, you can also get 10% off Rutgers gear if you're shopping for the holidays, whatever ones you choose to celebrate, and you want to get Rutgers gear, check out our shop tab for 10% off Fanatics gears. Uh, I don't buy Rutgers gear, but I know a lot of people that do, and some of the people that have used this tab say it's perfectly good experience, no issues whatsoever, so all I can say is, you know, check it out if you're looking to, if you miss Black Friday and you're not a Cyber Tuesday guy, maybe this shop tab is for you, for our premium members, 10% off gear. Now, jumping into the mailbag questions for this week, there's some rapid fire questions mostly, so jumping into some questions for this week. The first question, these are some rapid-fire questions from Scoot24, so I'm just going to read them off one at a time and answer them in kind of a rapid-fire session. The first question is, uh, what is Ronnie James' best position, linebacker or safety, moving forward? Well, Ronnie James' best position moving forward is safety, but that doesn't mean that he will play there. It's about the need. It's about where you need Ronnie James, and... They need some outside linebackers. Tyreek Williams, you would hope, takes that next step forward as a sophomore, locks down that position, but he still needs a backup. We'll see how Ronnie James grows. If he puts on as much size as he did from freshman to sophomore year as he will now from sophomore to redshirt sophomore year, then linebacker might work for him. But I also like him as a safety. Bill Bush was not happy to lose him, and that's a good thing. It tells you he's a good player. Next question is... On the defensive line for next season, we need to replace Julian Penix Odrick and Darius Hamilton. I think we can get an upgrade in production at those positions versus what they gave us this year. True or false? Well, I guess tr- true. I mean, of course you can upgrade the position. I, I don't know if it's going to be right away. I thought Julian Penix Odrick had a very productive year. And Darius Hamilton did the most with what he could. I mean, look, we've been saying for two years that he's not healthy, and you saw that this year, but he did the most with what he could. But the idea is that you have a defensive line where you can rotate about eight guys in and out. It's not about one guy or two guys. And if you focus on one or two guys on a defensive line like this scheme or any Rutgers scheme, really, you're probably going to be disappointed because it's not about – piling up stats on the defensive line. It's about rotating a bunch of guys and flying around the field. Next question. True or false, a coached-up, healthy, and mobile Giovanni Rochino is the best quarterback option for this team playing next season? Um, I'm going to say false, but I guess it depends on what time of year you're talking about. If you're talking about who's going to be running this program in the spring and summer, it's got to be Giovanni Rochino. He's got the most experience within the system now of the quarterbacks that will be coming back. He's, yeah, you're right, him being healthy is the trick. But, look, you guys watch the games. He, he, he gave a spark early, and then teams figured him out. So you need, a, you need a quarterback that can do all of these things 
and grow within the offense. And, and Giovanni Rochino has done a great job of that, but at the end of the day, you need a quarterback that can be a quarterback first. And since Giovanni Rochino has forced to be a quarterback first and not a runner with his injuries, you guys have seen the results. I think that Jonathan Lewis has all of the tools and they're not afraid to play freshman, but I think that they need to have a different approach. They need to learn from what happened with Tylan Oden. Tylan Oden, Chris Ash said it, Andrew Maringer said it this week that he's not producing at the level they hoped. They didn't get the development out of him that they hoped as a true freshman. So they have to find the right strategy to get Jonathan Lewis to develop the right way as a true freshman next season. That's the trick. I think long-term, Lewis is the guy that fits what they want to do best. He's had a very good season. We have him rated as the number one quarterback in New Jersey for a reason. And I think that that's going to be the future of the position until we see what happens with the 2018 recruiting class. Following up on that question, we got a similar one from Hearn4144. Shout out to Central Florida. He, he asks, how much is the drop-off in Giovanni Rochino's production due to knee and hamstring problems? Uh, I mean, a lot of it. Look at what he did, and he ran. Like, that, that's what he did. That's, he, Giovanni Rochino was a running back for a while before he became a quarterback just because he could throw the ball well. He's a runner first, and when you take that away, you have a quarterback that struggles to go through his progressions, stares down receivers, and is inexperienced when it comes to alignments, protections, recognizing defenses. I mean, he's a student, and he works hard, and he studies, but he just doesn't have enough experience. Uh, I'll go back to the Drew Maringer comparison from this week where he talked about how JT Bad News Barrett has been running through this Ohio State system for four years. Rochino hasn't been doing that at Rutgers. He's been running through this system for, what, four weeks as the starter or for eight months as a player since Drew Maringer changed everything? I would say the majority of Rochino's drop-off in production is that. But you also have to give credit to the teams they're playing. I mean, he was most productive against... Minnesota. Minnesota is not a very good team. Since then, they've played Michigan State, and I don't care what Michigan State's record is, that defense has played in college football playoff games. And they've played Penn State, who's one of the best defenses in the conference. So you got to also give credit to the opponents with some of that. You can't just blame it on something like an injury. That's too easy of an excuse to be the entire problem. Uh, last on-topic question of the week. Thanks again for sending them. You can tweet me at Sam Hellman Scout. You can post on the Scarlet Report Premium Forums. You can email me, shellman at scout.com. Anything you want to do to get involved with the show, that's the best way to do it. DBestNJ asks, my best guess on the number of kids Rutgers signs. I think Rutgers is going to bring in a very big recruiting class this year. I picked this question for a reason. I know that people love to ask you know, how many kids can Rutgers take or how big is the class? And the answer is however many Rutgers wants to take. But in this scenario, I think Rutgers wants to take a lot of kids. We've already seen the attrition start with guys like John Simmons and Matt Flanagan decide to leave for academic reasons. Andre Hunt for injury reasons is moving on. I expect more of both to come. You guys can figure out who a lot of these players are yourselves. Devin Carter's another guy that's decided to move on. Um, I'll start 
reporting who these guys are probably Sunday or Monday. I'm not a guy that is going to blow up someone's spot or, or, I mean, if they haven't even met about transferring, you know, you have your postseason meetings with players. I'm not going to go through that before it's done, but you'll see that stuff coming pretty soon, I think. Anyway, back to the question, how many kids Rutgers signs? I'm going to go ahead and go the 25 to 28 range. I think it's going to be a real big class. I think they're going to find kids late like last year to add on to what they already have. You have three kids right now that are set for early enrollment. I don't know how many more you can take that would really help them build a bigger class, if that makes sense to people. It's kind of a confusing numbers game, but I think it's going to be a very big class. It's going to be much bigger than it is now, and you guys have heard about some of the guys that Rutgers has coming on visits, and I expect them to get some of those guys, both the under-the-radar guys that fans don't get excited for and the big names too. Thanks for those questions on topic. Going off topic came from Jobin, and Jobin asked me who my favorite player is behind the scenes right now. So I guess by behind the scenes, he means like people that I interact with at practices or, you know, in the Hale Center or on the sidelines, stuff like that. Uh, and I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to say that right now, this changes 10 times a week, but right now Hayden Reddick is my favorite guy behind the scenes. Uh, let me tell you about the last two interactions I had with Hayden Reddick. They were both quite entertaining. So the way that practices work now is at the end of practice, players walk off the field and they either do the cold tubs or head into the Hale Center to go to the locker room or to, to have a weightlifting session. And we kind of stand near the equipment area waiting for the players that we're going to interview. And Hayden Reddick, who has not been allowed to do an interview for quite some time and won't be allowed to do any more interviews this year, walks by. And so I jokingly say something like, oh, hey, Hayden, you coming to do an interview? And he just looks at me and goes, oh, no, that, that's for the good players. I'm not any good. And he kept walking. And he said it with the he said it with the intent of being self-deprecating humor, and it was very funny. I got a good laugh out of it. The other people popped as well, and it's just an example of, look, Hayden Reddick is finding a way to have a good time and enjoy his college experience, even if it's not what he hoped it would be in terms of playing time. And then the other interaction, very much the same. On Monday, I'm, I'm of the Tom Coughlin tree where I'm obnoxiously early to everything, so I'm sitting in the team meeting room by myself on my computer. I, I don't know what I'm probably transcribing audio or, or I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm sitting there by myself. The lights are kind of dark because no one's come in to set up TV cameras yet. And Hayden Reddick walks in. is surprised to see me. I'm the only one there. I think he was going in to like look for his phone or, or he left his bag there or something. He just looks and he goes, this isn't where I parked my car. And I laugh, and then he goes, why are you laughing? And he goes, why are you laughing? Name that movie. And me being the immature 27-year-old that I am, pretty instantly go, oh, yeah, of course, that's from Eurotrip. And we proceeded to have a five-minute conversation about how underrated Eurotrip is as a movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it this weekend. Matt Damon's cameo steals the show, and uh, there's fighting robot mimes and... All sorts of completely politically incorrect humor. But anyway, that's why Hayden Reddick's my favorite. Every time I run into him, he's 
entertaining. That that's the best way to put it. Recording this closer to the episode, the night of Thanksgiving, and for all of you concerned, don't worry. This guy found plenty to eat, and it doesn't stop there with the road trip to Maryland coming up for Saturday. Thanks everyone to listening. A special thanks to Bill Green, my guest this week. Before I call it a show, just one more reminder to like, subscribe, comment, review, anything you can do to help the podcast is much appreciated. I enjoyed my Thanksgiving conference call with Rutgers head coach Chris Ash. Not a lot of football discussed, mostly talked about the Rutgers senior class and the holiday and the new tradition at Rutgers. You know, for Greg Schiano and Kyle Flood, I remember five, six, seven years of seeing the seniors carried off the practice field and that being a great tradition. Chris Ash has his own, and I didn't see it in person, but it sounds like it's pretty great and pretty heartfelt. The The underclassmen are able to stand up and talk about the seniors and, and the impact that they had as leaders, and the seniors are then able to speak to the underclassmen with their words of wisdom. I guarantee you that this senior class had some interesting messages after some of the stuff that they've gone through with coaching changes and everything that went down at the program. It ends with a line out the bubble, hugs, handshakes, and Thanksgiving dinner. Sounds pretty great to me. And speaking of great, I hope that you found this episode of the podcast great and continue to follow us on our journey through the offseason and through Rutgers basketball season. I'm your host, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.